water, earth, fire, air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Latest Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. Podcast about all things Avatar. Well, ladies, gentlemen, those in between and affiliate, I hope you all have your library cards present because we're going to the library. Do you have your library card present there, Caleb? Oh, of course. I've always got it in my uh, my pocket square. You know, as I uh, got my pen protector in there too. Oh, this man—he's ready for anything. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm also ready to discuss, yeah, book two, chapter 10, The Library. I'm very excited for this one. Yang goes to the library. It might be a clip show. <laughs> we, we don't know. They finally just do a random clip show in the middle of the season. Like, why not? We've avoided that trope for so long. We might as well just do one. Oh, now. boy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Like, it's pretty much just the breakfast club, but like in the in a Avatar library instead. I wonder what it looks like. Got lots of books, no computers. Oh, well, before we uh, jump into the episode proper, I'll just uh, go through who wrote it and then go into the summary. Yeah, this one's written by John O'Brien, returning yet again. Um, he's done a couple this season so far. A series regular, I would say. Yeah, staff writer. Um, and we're also getting the old uh, Giancarlo Volpe, you know, him again. He's always showing up these days. Another <laughs> another series regular. I don't know what he's doing these days, but in, in these days in Avatar yeah. back then, <laughs> he fair. was... Uh, a common director yeah let's all settle in for the uh a long uh summary here we begin this episode with ang enjoying some time off from his training with the group picking their own mini vacations for the day but old king of the grump Sokka can't get with the relaxation program and insists that the group get back on their way to the fire nation and ang move into a more rigorous training routine and reminding them of how unprepared they are for the battles ahead Sokka presses the importance of gaining intelligence on their fiery foes but treating Sokka with their usual lack of seriousness, the others decide to put his concerns aside until after they're finished, they're fun. Katara's up next to the bat for picking a mini vacay, and she settles on going to the Misty Palms Oasis. But despite some pleasant memories from a previous visit by Aang, the place turns out to have degraded into kind of a dump. But luckily, while there, Aang comes across Zay, a traveling professor of anthropology from the Bossing Se University. Sokka immediately jumps on him in hopes of acquiring a current map of the Fire Nation, but no cigar. As a consolation prize, the professor tells them a tale of a place they might find one, the fabled Wang Shitong Library. The group decides they have some time to kill, so they pair up with their new bud, and they head off into a vast desert in search of it. And after seemingly no time at all, they find the library. Now buried underneath the sand, only the top of its tower is still accessible. Toph, not particularly interested in books, for obvious reasons, decides to stay outside with Appa, and the rest of them head in to explore the hidden treasure of the library. There they meet Wan Shitong himself, who turns out to be a great owl spirit. And in order to gain access to his store of knowledge, the group present what gifts they have to offer, and he accepts. The gang find a great many pieces of knowledge here, but not Sokka's info on the Fire Nation. F-Benders, it turns out, had already come to visit the library, and destroyed every scrap of knowledge they could. 
except for a burned piece of parchment that survived the attacks. And as luck would have it, it turns out it's about the darkest day in Fire Nation history. In utilizing the help of a date-specific sundial, they discover that the greatest weakness for the Fire Nation is a solar eclipse. But Shai Tong discovers that they plan to use his information in a war effort, and as a result, decides to sink the library into the sand for good and take them with it. The group tries to escape, but Sokka realizes that they first need to find a date for the next solar eclipse. He and Aang go off in search of it, and the others distract the Owl Spirit as they flee. The two find their answer and join the others in the escape. The gang succeed, but the professor decides he'd rather remain in the library and spend his life learning what it has to offer, which might not be much since it all seems to be sinking. We'll talk about it. But before we close the episode, back outside of the library, Toph and Appa had been accosted by a gang of desert-dwelling sandbenders. Toph tried to keep the library from sinking, and meanwhile, Appa was kidnapped by the desert fiends. When the others meet up with her, Aang discovers this and sheds a tear for his lost friend as the familiar credit screen appears and we start our discussion. So the library, are you at the old uh, the old familiar timestamp uh, zero? We're at timestamp zero at my legally purchased broken case copy of this thing, of the series that we do. And so shall we begin, my friends? Timestamp zero, press play right now. So this is what you see when you enter the library every single time. Holograms of these guys doing it all the time. <laughs> I wish they did that in life. That would be so cool. Like, let's be real here. I think a lot of people would go into the library if they had this playing in 3D, like as holograms. <laughs> like the firebenders blasting you, and then you just see like Roku up there displaying all his like ma- like mastery of the elements. Like, come on. Who wouldn't go to the library to see that? I tell you, that's what they need. Just, oh, man. Yeah, and just uh, before we jump into the episode itself, I actually have a little bit of a thing for library settings in movies and, and Ooh, stories. Okay, go on. Whistler, son. I always really appreciated uh, the library sequence in The Last Crusade. Uh, there's two Doctor Who episodes, um, one from the new series, uh, Silence of the Library and the Forest of the Dead. I think that makes for a great setting in a library. And also a Doctor Who audio drama, uh, The Genocide Machine. I think both those are really cool stories that take place in a library. Um, in this episode itself, I remember my first viewing really stood out. This is one of the ones that I've been uh, just excited to get to because I remember it being a really cool one. So it really is. And yeah, I didn't think about the Last Crusade, but that was a that was a fun one as well. Yep. Yeah, so that was really cool. Not as big as this library, but and I think this uh, this opening is a fun one too. Ain't doing his little orchestra routine. <laughs> With all these little, uh, do you want to go over the previous eons as they said? No, I, certain things? okay, yeah, I think you've done it on the past two episodes, like you've broken them down in depth, and then I just cut it all. <laughs> so I was like, oh, there's no point really going through that, it just kind of okay, adds, okay, fair time. enough. Well, previous eon, you all can see it, it's just like you know, set up for this, set up for that, you know, or at least, sorry, not set up, but reminders of. I just like the fact that when we, we get uh, Roku speaking to Aang again, it's it's book one, so it's just funny to see that again. Oh, that's that's interesting. Book one, Ang. So it's just fun to see, like how, like maybe not as detailed as he is now, or uh, whatever. So I guess we're in an area that was similar to the previous episode, and uh, I think Ang has somehow constructed a flute. I'm trying to remember what the previous episode was. Which one was that? It's been a little while since we did it. This. <laughs> it's the um. Hang on a second. Bitter work. 
Bitter work. Okay. Yeah. So probably is in a similar region. Yeah, put some bitter work in to yeah create this little little flute there. Yeah. He should have been doing more of his earthbending. I tell you what, he's got a there fire go. lord to fight. He's gonna fight the fire lord with small little moles or gophers. <laughs> his new army. He's training up his uh yeah. They're gonna distract the fire lord as Aang sneaks up behind him with a dagger. <laughs> Indeed. I couldn't tell whether this was Jack DeSena or D. Bradley Baker doing the gopher voices. I feel like it's it sounds like Jack DeSena just doing high pitches like eh, or whatever it was. But it also just could be D. I don't know. It's, it just sounds funny. I, I really did enjoy that part, though. Yeah, I did. And I like that Sokka is because uh, he's usually the joke, even though he is pretty alarmist a lot of the time. It's nice to see him making some sense and trying to trying to make them focus a little more because, yeah, maybe they shouldn't be just kind of hanging out yeah he's just always the the mood killer when he's always just like as soon as like they have any sort of imagination and like freedom of creativity involved it's just <laughs> and so on and so forth so like he really does like just have no use or not you know, he's very much a practical man and his versions of fun probably uh differ yeah and i like uh the way uh, Jack DeSena, like mentioning him, I think he does a good job in this episode, and I like this scene here. I, th- I like his uh, more authoritative voice. There's no time for vacations. <laughs> yeah, we can't do this. Uh, you know, we, the Fire Nation still exists, right? We can't just, like, I only wish we could go to the Fire Nation. It's just that we don't have a map of the place. Yeah, and I think that's good they bring that up, too. Because, yeah, they've put a lot of focus on just preparing Aang. But they don't really have any idea about what their foe is. They don't. They have like no information at all. And that's not been touched on too much so far. Yeah, the, the, that idea could have gone back to like the beginning of episode one of book two, where they're with uh, the general, and mm. they should have just asked him. Well, okay, this is retroactive. Don't worry, I'm not blaming them for that. But like, they could have asked him, like, "Hey, do you got a map of the Earth Nation or the Earth? Yeah, the Fire <laughs> Nation. Excuse me. Um, and that area. It's like, nope, sorry, we don't. It's like, oh, that sucks. But yeah, it's good that. Uh, Sokka is decided to finally think of um, some long-term ideas because the writers decided just to do that right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does feel a little bit like that, but it, it works well now. Kidding, whatever it is, what it is, it just comes up because some writer thought of it. I don't know. Yeah, and I like that uh, they kind of, poor Sokka, he's always the butt of the joke. Like they're even kind of mocking him like, oh yeah, it's, Sokka's the one that wants to look for intelligence. Like, ha ha ha. Like, oh, this poor guy. Like, maybe he thought of that, like, he was thinking of that when he was stuck in that crevasse last week, or in the bitter in bitter work uh, oh. in the previous episode, and he was just like, you know, I really didn't have any long-term effects during that, so it's like, I should have, like, come up with countermeasures to avoid being stuck in crevasses, like, I could have cut my arm off, like, 127 hours, but I wasn't gonna do that now, so. Oh, jeez. Oh, but, uh, yeah, like I said in the summary, they agree, like, okay, we'll, we'll get to... You know, Sock and your little worries. You go sit in the corner. We'll get to you eventually, but we're just going to continue our fun day. And Katara chooses to go to the Misty Misty Palm Oasis. Misty Palm Oasis, indeed. Um, which is on the edge of the big desert. I don't know. I forget what the desert's called, but like really, literally like on the across the borderline of the desert where grass and then desert meet. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and were you thinking a little bit of Star Wars when we see this... Uh, the exterior of the the building here because why like when going to a desert area and then going into a bar cantina whatever you want to call it um why does one not assume of moss Eisley? Yeah, and there's even like a little probably like a lantern on a post right outside the door that kind of looks like a death star 
I mean, it also could have just been a disco ball because it was disco night previously. I don't know. <laughs> but what we do see, well, first off, uh, Aang was like hyping it up and whatnot. But again, this is Aang's map of the area and his map's a hundred years old. Yeah. Or maybe not. I don't know if it was his map or just a map they got from the region. But like, and he said that it was a great dazzling place 100 years ago, 100 years have passed. It, it looked like there was a iceberg in the middle of it uh, in the center as the centerpiece of the little like pit stop or rest stop. But uh, it's kind of shrank since yep. then. Although I'll say this for spoilers. I, I hope I remember. Um, but yeah, we go inside. Their droids are allowed, except for the sand burners, which we finally see. Uh, mm. Other than the Iron, I'm sorry, the uh, Fire Nation guy, um, we finally see a Sandbender or a uh, tribe of Sandbenders. Yeah, and they're definitely not uh, Fremen. They just spit right on the ground. They're not uh, protecting their moisture. So, nor, nor do they have moisture shoot, shoot, shoots, suits. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we also meet a nice bartender here who seems pretty skilled. I'd like to uh, kind of be fun to go to a bar and see someone slicing up the. Uh, stuff my drinks right in front of me like that that look kind of cool you know i feel like we should have him uh as a part of our bar or speakeasy excuse me what, what do you think like i think we kind of need that we dazzle the place up yeah maybe i'll get his cv you know or his uh, resume yeah i'll call him up yeah no yeah if anybody knows any guys like or galleys gals those in between about that uh let's let's just, just let me ask yeah break uh break if you have our number yeah call us up and see if we you can hook us up with this guy yeah, no, he's he's a pretty cool <laughs> bud. Um, bar's pretty empty, or at least you know, full of I guess the usuals. I couldn't even tell you. And um, yeah, does he does his little shtick of making like a mango smoothie? Or although I gotta say, he has an ice cup. I don't know if that's gonna melt in your hand, but like, I guess that's an environmentally useful piece of uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. In a way. That's Not cutlery, true. but it, it, for cup because it just melts and it would evaporate back. So. Maybe that's the way that we solve our problems, especially with all the polar ice caps melting. We just <laughs> convert all like shards of ice into cups and bowls. <laughs> and you can like suck on the, if you're like make cereal in the morning or hot cereal in the morning, uh, you just suck on it and break it off as uh, pieces of ice. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not the best idea. Yeah, it sounds gross. Oh, but we also, uh, in there, we meet this very strange little uh, traveling uh, professor. Professor Zai, excuse me. Yeah, not very Indiana Jones-like, more like uh, his buddy. What was his other professor's name? Oh, Sala? Oh, wait, no, not Sala. Oh, um, oh shoot, Marcus, Marcus. Marcus, Marcus. thank yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> more like him. In in Last Crusade, not so much in Raiders yeah, of the Lost Ark. Yeah, Last Crusade, yeah. But he's, he's absolutely fascinating to see the Avatar in person, but not so much on the person side, more on just the uh, impersonal kind of like an artifact side. He's even like measuring his head, asking him questions that don't have anything to do with him personally. Just, you know, his past. It represents so. the ideas and uh, the culture behind him. Not so much, you know, the actual avatar and Aang himself as a character, but I, I kind of get it. I don't disagree with him. Cause you have like a living fossil a primary source in front yeah. of you. So you obviously ask the question, the important questions such as what was the food choice or what was the diet? Excuse <laughs> me. Fruit pies. I don't know. I, well, I guess, yeah, I guess they, 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 what was, what was Aang and Monk Gatso throwing at those monks, but it was lots of fruit pies and custard, I believe. Yeah. And I like that Sokka 
seeing a chance of getting his information immediately jumps on it. He does seem a little bit more on the ball this episode than usual. I think that's just the writers finally like realizing it. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. But no, it turns out, of course, no, he doesn't have the information. But he's been exploring this area for a long time, and maybe maybe he knows the location that uh, Sokka could find a map. So, yeah, he finds he shows him a map that he is aware of, uh, or that he has in his possession, as you know, giant, just basically the the desert itself uh, and the surrounding fauna flora around it, and it looks like there's something in the center of it. By the way, it looks like. I have my suspicions that this desert was all, wasn't always a desert. Mm. If you catch my drift, we'll get into that later. But let's just sure. say that, yeah, uh, Sokka still miffed that there's no Fire Nation map. I don't know. It just depends on who has has what. Go to those pirates from last book. They probably have something. Yeah, and go to uh, 459 with uh, Toph's just filthy feet. Like, where's her shoes? I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, no, go to 40457 or 59 if you're Quentin Tarantino. Oh, no. But I like how she's just a big jerk to him, too. Like, really? That's what you do for your time? Okay. <laughs> well, she she knows he's an egghead. And so she's obviously, you know, been, I guess, taught. I don't know if like self-taught, but she certainly knows her stuff. But like, if she's not a professor or anything like that but of course like she's not an authority she doesn't like authority so of course she's gonna mock him in in her own yeah. sassy way yeah she's already looking for toilets to uh give him a swirly and <laughs> she could just make us like like make a well not toilet but she can certainly make a bowl appear out of the earth and like stuff her drink in there and then give him the definition of a swirly oh yeah i never thought of the toilet implications being an earthbender having to uh dig and bury stuff but but let's, let's move away from that. I, I shouldn't even brought that up. <laughs> There's a lot, especially with waterbenders and trying to urinate. Oh, no. But I do like um, they mention a little bit about the library and how there was apparently the person who ran it also had these little fox uh, assistants who would travel around the world and bring knowledge to it. Which Sokka immediately is just like, hmm, they had attractive assistants, eh? Which I'm like, wow, that show. Wow, this show. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. There you go. Wow, Sokka, you were really on point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so basically, I don't know if there's much more to say than the scene. They just kind of agree with him like, okay, we let's let's see if we can find this place. You haven't been able to find it. We've got Oppo can fly over the desert. Maybe we'll be able to, to track it that way. Which, of course, uh, the professor is adamantly excited to see again another living fossil i mean i mean i, I mean specimen <laughs> whatever you want to call him to uh be riding on him excuse me and then of course Sokka, of course states that he is going to spend his vacation at the library yeah i like that bit and then poor toff's like offended like hey when do i get my turn just kind of pouting over there <laughs> hey you gotta be like a part of the group for a long time before we get any see what i mean it's like what i said before you have to have like you know you three month probation before you like any are able to take any time off mm -hmm. yes yeah, so i like that bit i hope you all have your library cards yeah because yeah now they're heading off to the library i really don't know how if if ang's library card is um at all expired <laughs> i feel like it is oh gonna... i'm sure i'm sure he's gonna have to renew it uh oh six thirty one uh or 30 um setup yeah we got a little setup with the sandbenders they're definitely eyeing up like hmm what's this big guy they're kind of jawa like he's got some meat to him and we see them on their little desert skiffs 
Mm. Nothing like it wasn't in Return of the Jedi, but I really enjoy their little catamarans they have. Yeah, and I love that their little sail is uh, propelled by their little, uh, like, twister. The idea, yeah, behind, I think, Sandbenders is that I think it's like, it's almost, how do I put this? It's, um, I think it's a combination between, like, earthbending and airbending in a way, because of how loose the sand is. Mm. Uh, maybe it's waterbending, I don't remember, but it's a lot different. Again, it's a different style to uh, earthbending. Or traditional earthbending. Anyway, we'll continue on. Yeah, I wanted to comment. Um, I think the the sand dunes are realized really beautifully in this this animation. I think they look look really cool. Yeah, no, another good uh, setting, a uh, different one for those who always like different settings. So, and I think uh, they they make another little funny gag around during this sequence with uh, with Toph. Every now and again, they like to kind of play around with her blindness for for humor. Curious choice where she's she's getting real bored. She's like, "Oh man, like when is this gonna end? Like when when are you guys gonna find this?" Well, before before you go to that, I love what the professor says. Of like, she's she's like, you know, how hard is it to find this place? And then he says, "Some say it doesn't even exist at all." And she's oh, like, yeah. "You could have you could have told us that beforehand, <laughs> bud." Yeah, I thought that was funny too. But yeah, then she she goes, "Oh, there it is. I found it." And everyone's all excited. They're like, "Oh, really? Wow!" But then it's not there. <laughs> because she's blind and she, she she couldn't find even if she wanted to so i like how she like rubs across her eyes like thought that was pretty funny and so you know they keep going they keep going they keep walking they keep walking they keep walking not walking but they keep flying 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 i don't even know what yeah, direction they're walking. going i hope somebody had a compass because like really they're gonna need a compass to like navigate this place um i assume they have the professor's map but even then you still kind of need a compass to like make sure you know where you're sort of going uh and plan your idea there but anyway, whatever they keep going, keep going, keep going, and you know, off the port side of Appa. Sorry, no, not port side. Katara's on the port side. On the starboard side of Appa, do we does Sokka spot something with his telescope? And it's one of the tower spires of the building. Mm. Except it's kind of, you know, protruding from the sand itself. Yep. Which is like, hmm. I wonder what's going on there. And they're just wondering whether it happens or not. It happens to be the palace itself, the library, the building itself, excuse me. And then out of like left field, literally, um, comes a fox. Yeah, it just happens to come. It's carrying a little scroll that it's still all these years later, still collecting the information, even though it's buried now. Pretty much. Somehow manages to propel itself up the side of the tower. Well, it's uh, it's not exactly a... Um, an earthly fox let's put it that way oh i think i know what you mean yeah hmm. where you see this is not an ordinary library as the professor was saying hmm. it is a library of the spirit realm itself yes which i think is what quite cool yes especially once we get to uh yeah who's running there indeed but uh yeah silly old professor brain he's he can't wait to explore, and he pulls out his little his little shovel. Well, and... at first he thinks like one. He's he's assuming like, well, it's buried. Time for an excavation. It's like, well, this guy knows exactly yeah. what he's doing. <laughs> he's like any archaeologist, I, anthropologist. I know, but he's like any anth- archaeologist. Time to dig. Yeah. <laughs> well, first he's got to go back to Bossing Say. He's got to like make a claim and or not claim. He's got to make a statement to fill out forms, make a statement, the verbal statement. Excuse me, to like the committee. 
or be in front of a committee to give him funding to actually go out to the desert. And they got to go all the way. They got to get all the tools out to the desert. They're not going to have to like find the exact way they get to the desert. And then they have to like set up for like three months to start excavating. They'll do a lot of stuff with this. Or now to be fair, they can either hire sand benders or earth benders. I don't know who are trained in sand bending. I couldn't even tell you. And then unearth the thing. Maybe it won't take three months, but it'll take a month at least. I'm forgetting that there's actual benders in here and that we don't talk about uh, bending in a utility form. But anyways, well, we see a, a little bit of that with Toph. She's like, oh, we don't even need to excavate. I can just hit it with my hand and figure out how big it is already. Which, that's kind of impressive, but I also kind of was just like, okay, there's got to be a limit to this. Like, you couldn't mm. see everything. Like, there, I feel like there's a range you could see, but you could at least see enough to, like, know that it's big. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if she... It's, it's like bats. Like, I don't remember how much bats i mean first off they see in like a cone direction almost like whatever they they whatever they're uh whenever they do echolocation whenever they hit um screech their high-pitched scream uh, and whatever bounces back to their ears is what they can see so it's not like they can see anything behind them they can only see what's their their ears can pick up so if they can't feel the vibrations in the back of their ears then well sorry so anyway, but she's she she made, she's like you know, uh, you guys go ahead. I'll stay here. And Katara's like, well, well, you should come too. We're not like Scooney or whatnot. No, 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 no. See, me and books like it doesn't exactly work for me. Oh, sorry. I'm assuming Braille hasn't ex- doesn't exist in this world. So con- confirmation, Braille does not exist. Yeah, they like her line. Let me know if there's something to listen to. Yeah, I thought that made sense. It was that's a smart way to. No, yeah. yes, it would music or whatnot an audio podcast a certain audio podcast titled bending the elements oh there you go there you go i'm sure she'd love it we're we're big fans of toff oh yeah no on this here podcast so so there you go but praise (laughs) save for in bitter work where he kind of ripped her a new one well you know i i still love you toff yeah you're still the the queen but oh man (laughs) for this man if you're new and her pretty similar, you probably would be able to date if you were her age. Oh my goodness. Yeah, let's move away from that. Question. I said her age. All right, no more. But um, yeah, no, I think it makes a lot of sense to leave her out there. And I think some of her stuff with, with Oppa's cute. So I, I like that. Just like, yeah, just like, you know, I think it's like, yeah, you and you, you and you watch Oppa and whatnot. And they both like look at each other, turn away, look back. What's up? <laughs> Yeah, and the rest, uh, they they throw a rope up and they they try to propel down to the library. I know it would probably be an act of showing up, but I seriously like wish that Aang just glided down. Would have been cool. Like, he, glide, he, didn't, he didn't even like use his glider. He just like just dropped down. Like he jumped into uh, the op- the window and then just like fell down and like slowly descended using the air, like it was the Icarus landing system from Human Revolution. Like I. Seriously, wish that was the case, but obviously, just just because that might be like him, but nope, we get our kind of like almost a D and D adventure, where our uh, mm. uh, dungeon adventure, almost where we enter the library. Yeah, and I think immediately it's a very striking uh, piece of animation, and I like the little. Uh, I think the the professor calls it buttresses of the uh, the owl faces on there. <laughs> yeah, I like that joke too. <laughs> But I think the owl faces are cool and nice. Uh, even though you you might think it's going to be an owl, but I, I thought that was a good setup that I wasn't expecting the first time I watched it. 
I mean, there's a freaking mural right there that has Juan Chiton himself um, as well, in his in his form. But anyway, well, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, no, definitely just the look at this place stood out big time for me. And then, yeah, once uh, Wang Shitong, I, I always want to say his name wrong. Wang Shitong. Wan. There you go. I always want to yeah. say Wang. No, yeah, it's W-A-W-A-N, excuse me, not W-O-N-G. You know, I think that's a super cool design. I look, I like that his, uh, it almost looks like he has eyes in the back of his head. Yep. I think that's quite cool. Indeed. And uh, what did you think of Wan Shitong's voice? Oh, yeah, I definitely recognize that voice, and I think it's a very strong... Uh, oh, so Caleb, who voiced Wan Shitong? Uh, I was played by uh, Hector Elizondo. Ah, okay. Seems that you have some history with him. Oh, yeah, I've seen this guy in a, a ton of stuff. Um, I haven't looked up what. I'll quickly do that, and I'll, I'll mention some of them. Okay. I assume you don't know who the professor is or who the who voiced the professor. Uh, no, no, I don't. Hmm. Um, I, I'd say that I probably know Hector Elizondo uh, best from The Princess Diaries. Played uh, a memorable oh. kind of assistant role in that to the... Uh, okay. Whoever that, that the more established actress is, I forget her name now. Anne Hathaway? In those movies. No, uh, the, the older the older woman. What's her oh. name now? Oh, okay. Uh, uh, Julie Andrews. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's probably what I remember him from most, but... Um, what, is he a Star Trek actor? That was my question. Oh, uh, that I... I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he showed up on Star Trek. He was just showing up in TV stuff all over the place. Oh yeah, the Runaway Bride. I forgot he was in that. Yeah, yeah. Either way, he was he was just a face you'd see all over the '90s. So uh, he was also on Monk for for a few episodes here or there. So, okay. but anyway, yeah. Let's yeah move away from him. I, I think he's good in this show, and I think his voice suits the role very well. Oh, certainly. Um, and I like their little gift exchange scene where he's like, you know, humans. I you know I'm not fond of you guys being at my library. Had a lot of bad experience with you guys, but. But why, why do you think he lets them through? Is it just because they're they're kids, or it's been a while? I, it's okay. So I love the fact that he is he who knows ten thousand things. That's really cool. That's just an awesome. I think that I don't know if that's what his name literally translates to, but it if it doesn't matter. That just as an awesome title. Um, and I love his belief. We're gonna get to it that basically distills everything down as to why he refuses to let humans into his library anymore. And that is because humans wish to always get knowledge to get the edge on themselves. Mm. That is such a good, like extreme point of view in that he is kind of right. Like yep. as extremist as it is, he's there's a, not even a small kernel of truth. It's a big kernel of truth. Like that's the whole like intelligence fields of in real life and not in, not in this show as well. We always have, yeah. you know, our spies, we have scouts, we have surveillances just to get the edge on our enemy. Like this man would hate Batman. He would just <laughs> absolutely hate him, especially in Tower of Babel. Like, he would have yeah. n- like nothing but pity and disdain for that man um, up against going up against like metahumans. But point is that yeah i i 
there's part of me that agrees with Wan Chi Tong for this, but yeah, uh, we'll we'll get to that a little more. You have anything to say what I what I just said in your rebuttal? Um, I was just gonna say, uh, yeah, I mean that's the whole reason that they're there because Sokka wanted to find that information, in. oh, and he can yeah. kind of sense right away that Sokka, like he, he he they don't get off on the right foot necessarily. Oh, certainly not, especially when he makes reference to a firebender who came years ago to destroy his enemies. Now he's very vague on that. None of them like perk up to that. I'm just like, eh, does that sound like something? But it is indeed Zhao. Lieutenant Zhao, excuse me, um, going there and f- discovering the moon spirit's name. Mm. So, and its location. Uh, very nice touch. Very, yeah, very cool. nice touch. Yeah. Um, indeed. I think, I don't know if I mentioned that in our previous episode or that episode, excuse me, way back in book one, but like, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Very nice that they're, they, they, they make reference to that and it affects that decision probably others of course but that decision affects the reason for wang chi tong to uh sink his library um again very very good uh, very good on the writers to like work off of each other uh and bring uh bring back ideas uh was follow-up ideas from previous episodes even as far back as book one i love it it's, it's amazing and i love how you know when Sokka tries to make his case um you're not very bright, are you? <laughs> I do love it. Um, and I guess if we didn't mention that this character is a spirit. Um, he mm. is. We see another spirit. It's been quite a while since we've seen a spirit um, yeah. in this world, which is nice. And yeah, he's sinking it into the spirit world. That's pretty cool that, again, this this area used to be a part of... Was was a spirit world? Uh, or is it originates from the spirit world, but was in the human world very interesting no that is cool yeah um but anyway asaka yeah, tries to plead his case that hey we're not gonna use our information to ruin our enemies fingers crossed behind his back hoping mm-hmm. that the owl can't see behind it uh behind his back it's like here here's the avatar and ang why please vouch we will not abuse the knowledge in your library good spirit Ooh, ang bridge yeah. between both worlds that is um, not good. Not good at all. And the poor Owl Spirit believes them, but he still isn't going to let him in, you know, just for free. I mean, you got to takes a lot to uh, pass a test. Yeah, it takes a lot to maintain this place. You know, he needs some needs some uh, compensation. So equivalent exchange. I very much like it. Your toll, which I wish more libraries did with, by the way, I wish there's one library somewhere in this world, our world, excuse me, that does it like this. Where it's like to seek knowledge, you must bring me knowledge. I know ten thousand things. Inform me. What do you have? A first edition from the Bossing Say Library, I think of anthropology that Professor Zai um, gives to him. The authentic waterbending scroll that Katara uh, presents to him that was sought after so much. Uh, I am impressed that she's willing to give up the scroll uh, to him, even though, again, first edition, I guess, uh, or the illustrations are very stylish, she says. But again, I'm surprised that she gives it to him and not uh, somebody else, but it is what it is. Nice that we see the scroll again, by the way. Yeah, another John O'Brien uh, pen script. And um, 
Aang is like, hmm, I think I gotta use my noodle. Uh, what am I gonna do here? Oh, Aang's wanted poster. That counts. That that's propaganda. That honestly does count. As stupid as yep. it sounds, like that, that is a thing. Like it it shows history in a way of that you know the the Avatar was um, seen as an enemy of the Fire Nation. That's that's history. I know people may not say like a poster, but you would be surprised what like knowledge and what art. Uh, is considered historic. Uh, even this is daylight. I, I doubt ours is going to be seen as art, which is not like our podcast is going to be seen as art, but it certainly paints this uh, this series is in a certain light. I'll say that, but you, you still would be surprised. We're, we're making first editions as we speak right now, in a way. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, and is uh, is Sokka's little piece of string art? His little knot? It ain't the poop loop. That's all it's going to be. It's the monkey's fist. The monkey's foot. The monkey! Anyway. Uh, I feel like... Uh... It's Spongebob. <laughs> okay. Oh, it was the Flying Dutchman showing uh, Spongebob how to tie a knot. Simple premise, but it went a lot a long way. And then Momo presents uh, a one watermelon from the manure field. My, my ghostliness. <laughs> oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Another, uh, <laughs> another yeah. Spongebob reference. <laughs> Yeah, all these gifts uh, prove acceptable enough, and yeah, the Owl Spirits say, okay, go about your business, I'm gonna go about mine, and yeah, enjoy my library. Oh boy, and and then like, Sokka under his breath, Brenda's to fool you. Sokka, why did you have to do that? Yeah. Oof. Big Jerko. Don't agree with that. Yeah, then we get kind of a cute scene with, with Appa and, and Toph, where Toph is almost just talking to herself and kind of explaining about how this all this sand is basically uh, making her more of like a regular blind person because usually she has that kind of advantage where even though she can't see with her eyes she can see with her kind of a seismic sense but this with this sand it's it's all fuzzy and, and muffled and yeah it's putting her in, a, in an awkward spot basically it's like in Arkham City if when you first encounter the um, radar jammer disruptors enemies. Um, where when bat when you uh, apply the detective mode uh, on Batman, uh, everything is fuzzy except for where the signal originates. Um, so you can't see and en- where enemies are. I think you can still see the outlines of enemies and your surroundings, but you can't see all the highlighted uh, assets in that game. So that's kind of I think what she sort of sees. Anyways, nice scene between the two of them. Yeah, I like that scene. Yeah, and then. Yeah, they're all kind of taken in the library, just kind of reading random stuff, enjoying some of the, the cool tidbits they can find. As I certainly would myself, I would love to go into this place, um, especially like how it's lit. Uh, apparently, hey, Ang, or at uh, Caleb, did you know that in uh, Ang's, one of Ang's past lives, he was left-handed? Yeah, there's that little bit. I wonder which one it was. That's why, yeah, no wonder I feel like I'm, I'm special. It's like... What the flip does that even mean, Ang? Like, I'm left-handed, or technically I'm ambidextrous. So, like, how? Do, what does that even mean? Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. Like, I'm like, I, for, I was gonna look up like what the percentage of the human population in real life is left-handed, and it's just like, and all the myths around not the other myths, but like all the legends and or the oh, what is it? Like the 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 uh, wives' tales about left-handedness being wicked and, and all that stuff. Like, I'm not going into that. But fair enough. No, oh, but. Uh... Yeah, and Sokka, uh, he continues his way of just being a little bit of a jerk. Like, he stumbles across this piece of burnt parchment 
about the darkest day in, in Fire Nation history. But instead of respecting the library, he just peeks around and pulls out his little blade and lifts up the, the glass that it's sealed under and then just steals it, basically. Like this guy, man. <laughs> Again, <laughs> no respect. Not make even though these are protagonists, I think this episode they're clearly in the wrong. Yeah, definitely. This is what they're presented. So it's like they keep going. So they go to the Fire Nation section, which is looking a bit charred. Not recently, yeah. of course, but they certainly knew. I'll say this: they had the foreknowledge to go in there and burn it, which again really helped uh, cement Wang Shitong's belief. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since they didn't want themselves knowing, and he probably was peeved at them. I'm surprised he didn't declare war with them, but obviously not. Um, he let that one slide, so they got away with consequence free. Yeah, and as as Sokka's kind of mourning the fact that yeah, they they burnt all this stuff, we see this this little fox uh, just kind of hanging out with them. Maybe he was like intrigued that all these people were there, these vid- visitors to the library. And he hears Sokka kind of complaining that he he's looking for this information and can't find it. And this guy decides, ah, why, why don't I try to help them? I like that he's even standing on just two legs. It's kind of <laughs> kind of weird, but it's it's sometimes what like I don't know if foxes do, but certainly what what like you know canines would do, where they sometimes go on two hind legs. Um, but yeah, this little bud, he is <laughs> literally is attractive, as in like just how cute he is. Um, remember. The foxes are a lot more helpful to humans, even though foxes, you know, the, the, the whole idea of like a silver-tongued fox, uh, they're, they're very sly, uh, they're very sneaky, they're, 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 they use deception. Um, this series kind of avoids the the trope of foxes being deceptive, where they're actually helpful to humans in this case. Although that might be a different culture. I don't know if foxes in Chinese mm. mythology are, or any, like, either Korean or, or, or Japanese mythology if they're if they're helpful nine-tailed fox so there's no nine-tailed fox in this series so but i i assume that's a, a, a it's based off of legend and again at 1453 we have another door i don't know how they're going to open it fox goes in a little hole and then the door opens so i assume the fox opened it from the other side <laughs> that's a little puff yeah and then he starts uh cranking this little machine which turns out to be yeah kind of a what would you describe like almost like one of those planetarium there you go yeah it's so cool yeah that is cool ancient planetarium works on gears i love it yeah and the the of course the professor is just in love he's never seen anything as cool as this so i don't know if it represents this area of the entire world or it's supposed to be the entire world itself who even knows what area it is but like yeah, and Katara ponders aloud, like, oh, is this, I wonder if this can help us with, yeah, this Fire Nation information. And Sokka immediately goes and shuts her up. He's like, oh, no, don't say in front of the fox. You know, he's he's working with the, the owl. So he was just the shady guy, man. I was right. <laughs> I was right. Okay, so uh, what uh, Ying Yang, seen again at uh, 1550. Um, everybody take a good old look at that. Um, that is the Chinese calendar. Like that is just straight up like a Chinese oh. calendar. And on the out, so what is it? There's yin yang's the inner ring, outer one, two, three. There's four rings, okay? So the innermost ring, uh, second, third, fourth. Outer ring, like the fourth ring, it's all the Chinese zodiac. I didn't realize that before. Rat, ox, tiger. No, not tiger. Uh, rabbits. Uh, not dragon. What's before dragon? I don't remember. Uh, horse. 
uh whatever that is monkey i think or did i already say monkey um rooster uh dog my year, and then pick um golly that's awesome i didn't even realize that detail that's so awesome that they do that but i'm pretty sure this is legitimately just a chinese calendar um which there other cultures calendars that don't use gregorian calendars really cool if i may say so i love how it's just cycles and they just reuse the same animals like 12 animals over and over again uh where it just goes in cycles it just makes so it's it's so much better than i think sometimes like our gregorian calendar but that's a topic for another issue i I know, I just I, I want to gush over this calendar. No, that's cool. I didn't, I definitely didn't notice that detail. That's really cool. It's it, and it works because they can just crank it a few more times to get like years. Like they just I mean, you would still use years like twelfth year of the monkey, uh, and then whichever day it is. So I think it's okay. Year being year of the monkey. I think it's month then day. I think yeah, because it's year. Well, they said four. I don't remember. I don't know if they do seasons or whatnot, but I I, I, just, I want to gush at that. <laughs> and then Aang, of course, goes, yeah, Sokka, this is actually a really good vacation. I love it. It's like, yeah, there we go. That's, let's go. And anyway, so Sokka, like, inputs the date as to when it was. And oh, Aang's like, I think it broke it. It's like, no, I didn't because the sun and the moon are in a line. Wait, aligned? No. Solar eclipse! Yep. Yeah, finally discovering... And I, I almost wondered if we spoiled this previously. <laughs> the kind of big weakness of the uh, the Fire Nation. Um, like, sort of, because Char then comes out and says, like, think of what the lunar eclipse did at the North Pole. That was a spiritually induced uh, lunar eclipse because of what happened. But, yeah, we mm-hmm. never go into that, I think, and talk about the fact that, or nor do we see, like, we talk about the full moon and, like, the power they get from it but like we never talk about a lunar eclipse now my astronomy uh knowledge does not i don't remember how often in our world at least um lunar eclipses happen and if like lunar eclipses that that makes me wonder by the way about like blood moons blue moons and a few like super moons and like how that works and in avatars world with water bending i wish they kind of went into that i don't really care but like that'd be kind of cool to know as well um if solar flares do anything to the firebenders here um if technically a if a if a hole in the ozone layer would technically do something to firebenders as well if their like connection to the sun would be even greater i mean if they again closer to the sun they actually get more power kind of like superman um it it just leads as as Val Kilmer would once said it just leads to too many questions. Uh, and as for a reward for his uh, efforts, the little fox gets a treat from Sokka. I'm sorry, Freudian slip, Sokka. Whoops. Um, but anyway, then the plan is that uh, Sokka wants to figure out. Uh, a lot says this all loud the next solar eclipse which again i don't know if planetarium well, yeah no in this case it would be a planetarium uh the planetarium is very useful because uh, again it can see future dates not future dates but future events as the lunar eclipse um i don't know if this reeks of the MacGuffin being exactly what they need but no i mean i think it makes sense then that this library would have something such as like con i don't know if it's a star chart as well to see like when the 
other stars move around or like if they die but it is i guess like as a spirit world thing it would work but again it works on on alignment like they obviously either wong shi tong figured out that like how the how the moon and the sun work and orbiting which that just leads to so many other questions <laughs> if like universal ley lines exist and like mysticism exists in outer space which i'm not going into but that idea of he's i don't know if humans in this world figured out that again like i assume nobody's talking about like earth being center of the universe so it's obviously like i assume they know that they're floating around a giant hot ball of gas uh a helium and and hydrogen fusing together um reacting to nuclear fusion excuse me I don't know, but I it is it, it's it would be a good choice of working in like an assumption of how dates. It, it's a good computer. It's a good like early computer idea of just like simulations, um, which is great. But just as you know, again, Sokka feels victorious, and then he finally got the edge over the Fire Nation. Does one Watchman? come by and then of course realizes you know fooled you and then he's like wait he thought about it he's like wait a minute and realizes that uh even though Sokka's a terrible liar you think that he would have known this I guess he does I don't know if he sees everything but like are you the fool for letting these guys in here whatever (laughs) um I saw behind your I saw your fingers crossed behind your back and then I took me a while for my noodle to like, cause I know 10,000 things doesn't mean I know it all at once. Maybe he does. I don't know, but he, you know. he then of course confronts them in the planetarium, probably noticing that it's open and uh, yeah, kind of uh, gives it, gives him a, you guys suck speech. Yeah. Betrayed his trust. Yeah. Yeah. He put, put his faith in humans once again. And once again, I get screwed over. Yep. Yep. And really, I love Sokka going like, you don't understand. The Fire Nation, they're evil. And we're doing it for loved mm. ones. Destruction and dangerous. And yeah, you get what he's saying on the one hand. Um, but I also love when Wang Chitong fires back saying like, you think you're the first person to believe their war, the Fire Nation's war, is a justified war? Mm-hmm. Um, this man is a spirit this man this spirit has been there oh sorry ang's the one to say like you know protect the people we love um and but wang Tong has been around for centuries like this is just a probably a drop in the pool that has been like many other wars throughout like human Mm -hmm. history so really it's just another war But again, he sees this as, well, I don't know, just as uh, another way for humans to, again, get the advantage of their other, well, against each other. And I think he's fully justified in what he does right now. Yeah, he doesn't want them to uh, corrupt his passion. And so he's like, never again will a human get access to this place. I'm going to sink it. And he turns into, uh, because I guess all the spirits have their monster mode. Turns turns into monster uh, long neck guy. Yeah, I don't know if this is a dark spirit form or just 
Um, it's like the combat variant. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, assault mode activate, but yeah, <laughs> uh, it's certainly a lot creepy. Like, there's the owl from what do you call it? There's the owl from the Secret of Nim, and then there's him. <laughs> I oh, wish yeah. his eyes glowed. That'd be so cool. That would be cool. That'd be way cooler. And we see the group try to run from you know, his beastly uh, form, and then we cut back to yeah, you know, Toph and Appa, and. They're almost kind of falling asleep together and, you know, they're kind of relaxing. I told you I don't want to snuggle, which against yeah. him, I mean. But then, and then, yeah, Toph notices behind them the library sinking. Yep. And she rushes to the aid to try to use her earthbending to uh, stop it. Which, by the way, what did you think she'd be able to do in that regard? <sighs> like, only so much, because... Again, I'm not stating that she couldn't, but this is a structure itself with like a spirit causing. Actually, not really. It's not. It's not that Wang Shitong himself is using like his spiritual force to put like, um, bring it down. He's just using physics and to causing it to sink beneath the earth itself. Was actually putting it back in the spirit world. No, the spirit world is not like Middle Earth or you know. What it's like in um, Godzilla versus Kong, where it's you know, <laughs> Hollow Earth is actually which that move that movie does an insanely cool thing with Hollow Earth. It's not like yeah. that. It's just figuratively, it's sinking down back to the spirit world. Doesn't mean it's there. Well, we'll we'll see what it looks like in Korra, but um, <laughs> no, I a group of Toffs, like a bunch of same skill level as Toffs. Maybe a hundred of them could lift it up. Maybe Ab- I think Aang could easily like hold it together if it was if he was in the Avatar state. But like, no, she is only able to hold it up for so long. Because again, I still think like weight and a weight of a structure is d- does is d- not dependent, but like does affect the bender and how much they can concentrate. Like just because they can like hold something, I feel like there's there's things they can't hold on to does that make sense yeah yeah and especially not in something like, like this where sand isn't like her natural a kind of bending element i mean it's still an element of earth but it's like a more complicated variant yeah a little more broken up yeah but um i do like to see that she makes that like solid bit of her underneath her whatever she does there <laughs> sandstone hmm, sandstone there you which go. you think that she would do more of but obviously not um doesn't matter it's really cool though that she can she's able to do sandstone yeah, and then we see in the library the sand's all sinking in it's it's falling low our group's escaping but that old Sokka that thinking Sokka this time with the big brain he realizes oh we we can't go until we have the date of the next solar eclipse and yeah, so the groups have to go their separate ways. Yep, we have Zai and Katara making a run for the uh, the rope and back to or to the exit, and or maybe just biding their time, and then uh, yeah, yeah, Ang and Sokka go back, and also I guess also be a distraction, uh, Katara and Zai, yeah. Professor Zai. But every every time yeah, Zai tries to escape, he notices another book that he wants to read, and yep. Yeah, it's getting real distracted. It's great. <laughs> and we cut between the three of them, basically. Three uh, being like, you know, Aang and, uh, Aang and Sokka, and then Zai and uh, Katara or Momo, and then, of course, Appa and Toph on the surface. And Appa's just standing there, 
mind his own business. He can't really do anything. Like, there's really no way he can lift it up and use airbending to bring it back up. I, I he's just concerned there, obviously for her. Until a cloud of dust appears on the uh, in the back behind them. Mm. What do we see? Uh-huh. But those darn sand people. I mean, Tuscan Raid. I mean, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> sand benders. And again, just to clear the air, as Toph said before, the sand makes her sight, her seismic sense fuzzy. She can't see mm-hmm. what's happening. So she doesn't know it's the sandbenders. That that's that's a I think that works. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. And I like that she's uh yeah, kind of put in a spot where she's lost the edge since we've seen that she's such an accomplished earthbender. Like, there's only so many things that can she can do. Um, literally she is having to hold up a building so that they don't sink and yeah, no, she, she can't. Um, and, uh, cause how else is it? They all might just, you know, either get sand in their face or be trapped in the library forever and be stuck in the spirit world again. Uh, or they, well, you know, she, she does what she does and I think she was justified, but anyway, Sokka and Aang head back for the planetarium. Yeah, and we see uh, a bit of an extended montage of this of them just kind of going day after day into the future, trying to find the next eclipse until finally they find it. And it's just a few months away before Sozin's comet, of course. That's the that's yeah. that's what they go on, which exactly. is nice. Uh, so like Sozin's comet is here, so I guess they get the date of Sozin's comet. I assume uh, Roku gave it to them or something, <laughs> and I don't know how long this goes on for. It probably goes on for at least ten minutes. I'd say, which is maybe not, okay, maybe about 10 minutes. I don't know. Who, who knows? But they get the date and they get to, Bo- and then they're like, let's go to Busting today. Surprise that the um, planetarium mechanism didn't break. <laughs> and talk about breaking. We see up at, uh, up at the surface again, Toph is trying her best to try to keep the building up. Well, at the same time, she can hear something going on with Appa. She's not yep. too sure what. But eventually, yeah, she kind of realizes that, oh, no, someone's showing up and they're taking him. Yep. But but she can't decide which one to put her efforts towards. And, yeah, doesn't work out for the best for put in a impossible position. Um, I would also there's probably others out there is like, why didn't Appa do anything like he's been shown to be able to. Uh, what is it? Uh, he's been shown to. Uh, hold his own against some others and and fight back against other humans so it's like why isn't he like you know throwing his tail and tail whipping uh these sandbenders that's a good question i don't know if they thought of that but uh they certainly didn't animate that so it would have been nice to have seen him fight back because again even though he's an air bison who's mostly a peaceful kind of guy uh he still was able to fight back like against the um uh shirshu like that you know, he fought against the Shirshu for pit's sake. So, like, why isn't he fighting back against these guys? I question that. But so you can certainly yeah. question that, but you cannot question. Well, not not question, but you can't say that it's Toph's fault that he got uh, captured. Or yeah, he got captured. Yep. And uh, yeah, then we see a confrontation between yeah the Owl Spirit and, and Katara, and Katara is about to break out her water bending. But oh, this guy, man, he's been studying. He's been studying up, studying the northern water tribe style and the the southern water tribe style, and even the foggy swamp style. Which I was like, hey, there you go. That's another fun little callback. 
don't know whether or not uh Katara learned that quickly or that I wish she did, but like, yeah, that's that's she knows all of it. Yeah, and anyway, she doesn't even need to do the fighting because Sokka jumps down, he's fine with Aang, and just hits him on the head with a book. And yeah, just takes him out. I'm trying to th- ah, I can't think of a one liner of like knowledge is power. Power and slamming this book against your head. <laughs> not, the, not the best. Not not, not my best. <laughs> yeah, and as the two are, Sokka and uh, Katara trying to escape, they notice that the professor is just kind of sitting there right beside them, really, just kind of reading. And they're like, hey, we got to get out of here, professor. But he decides, no, I'd rather just, you know, sink with this this uh, this building and just read for the rest of my life. Which, again, I don't know how long, uh, I mean... I mean, maybe he'll be okay, but it, it's, it seems like things are going pretty wonky up there. Sand coming down. It goes down pretty quick, too, when it finally sinks into the earth. Like, he could just slide right over the edge and fall to his death. But <laughs> Yeah, um, I respect the professor's wish- wishes because he is exactly who I think Wang Shitong is an exception to Wang Shitong's belief in that he is a acquired he's a person that loves knowledge and loves information and or like just loves uh what humans have thought of and he truly does deserve to go into that library and come out of that library with uh books and and ideas (laughs) because he he is again the exception to the rule and zai just I, i even though again like very short-lived character he certainly stuck with me and how like not timid but how like innocent he seemed in all of this where again he is that scientist character where they are kind of neutral and shouldn't be a part of the war and their efforts mm. are just for discovery which that's a whole other argument uh to make but again we're in this episode talking about um, information and knowledge and knowledge being used against somebody um, for the advantage of winning over. And I, st- I still think that Wang Chitong was correct. What do you think, sir? No, I definitely think he was, I mean, yeah, here, here's his big hobby, like his life's purpose. And these humans just show up just to corrupt it. Yeah. Like screw them. <laughs> yeah. No. So I think, yeah, we're both, we both agree on that. Um, and so he is indeed justified, but yeah, just to um, wrap this. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, rather so. I'm just. It just is interesting that it paints our protagonists in a different light, and that they are indeed kind of the same as everybody else. And it does. I I do wish that they did go into this and uh, kind of almost question themselves on that. Like it affects them in a way where they have to question that and talk about it and discuss it, but. They don't do that, um, which is kind of shame because it would have at least brought the opportunity of change on these characters. But no, instead they get out of the they they successfully get out of the spire, uh, top of the tower, uh, it sinks beneath the ground back into the spirit world, and they look around. They're 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 back to be up here, but Aang is a little perplexed and a little confused because looks around and there seems to be somebody missing Toph is right there momo's nearby of course with them but it would seem that appa is not there anymore he just asks 
and you ask Toph where he is, and she says nothing. And we end with Aang looking teary-eyed. Yeah, so a pretty somber end for this episode. Yeah, but uh, speaking of somber, what do you uh, what do you think of this one? <laughs> uh, not a not a could have started out as a filler. Had some like filler bits in it that you could or you could say that that's filler um and went down the filler road but this is once again very much a story related like focused episode Mm. yeah and it definitely i think visually stands out a lot and i love the concept of this kind of great uh kind of well of knowledge buried from humanity and the little uh little fox assistants running around collecting knowledge i think that's cute i wish that we'd see it like another episode they're just hanging out in a town and some random fox just just shows up in the town and collects the scroll oh my goodness yeah that would have been awesome or that would have been also <laughs> seeding information like imagine if like in book one they went through to a town and there's like either they saw fox uh let's say fox squirrel that'd be even cooler uh but they saw fox or they like uh the locals talk about foxes as a legend almost where like you see them mm-hmm. they don't do anything other than like gather knowledge and that just seeds information that just seeds the library beforehand. That'd be really cool. But again, that's retroactive. Would have been cool. Um, yep. Oh, but uh, yeah, no, definitely a, a standard episode. And I'm, I'm excited to see, cause it kind of sets up a direct continuation of the next episode. I'm excited to get to that and yeah, discuss how these two kind of mirror each other or if they don't. Yeah. I love how you say you want to see like another episode of this, which, which was better when it comes to libraries, this episode, or Castlevania season two. Oh, I've not, I've not finished that season. I don't think. <laughs> Sorry, no, yeah, it's just a knock at that season where like the protagonists are stuck in like a uh, library for like four episodes. It seemed. Oh wow, that's cool. Whereas like, well, okay, we'll get to that one day. But like, huh. I'm not fond of what happens in that. But anyway, whatever. That's just the case. No, I approve of this one wholeheartedly, and it's uh, it's unique in of itself and different from the rest of the episodes. Yeah, and I guess that I guess that closes this one for today. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited to be continuing this season, and very pumped to get to the next episode and, and see where this goes. Agreed. Well, do you have any uh, any closing words for uh, for this one? Is there a way for us to win a fight or win a battle against somebody else that? does not involve having information against them. Can information be used not to win a war or win a fight? Till next time.
This section of the podcast contains spoilers for all seasons of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Spoilers. Enter at your peril. Yeah, then this is probably going to go in the spoiler section, but I like the, uh, as we cut back to the library, like that we see Aang noticing that little thing about the turtle. Okay, well, here's a spoiler, by the way. Uh, if you go back, um, so this is right after, you know, Appa growls about being fuzzy. <laughs> Uh, at like 1323, there's a phoenix or there's a bird there. Hmm. Like that suspiciously looks like one of the, like the bird that um, young Cora in book two of spirits, when she meets Iroh uh, in that one part, when she rescues the little hatchling or the little bird, um, the bird tr- like helps her, go to where like i think either vatu's yeah where where vatu is being held at the tree of time yeah it looks similar to that bird i might be just like completely throwing something out there it looks like a horse actually it looks like a, a seahorse or just a horse but like it looks like that bird that spirit bird that she like uses or the, the that she befriends for a bit so i'm like huh it's kind of interesting but yeah then like i said this is episode uh nine we're almost halfway through the series they finally showcase yeah the lion turtle again yeah seeding it so that people go don't go lion turtles excuse me by the way there's three of them there in that illustration at 1330 yeah. um they just to once again showcase hey we set this up this is not mm-hmm. a deus ex machina which it's not at least okay we'll talk about that when we get to it but like Hey, look at these weird lion turtle things. Anyways. I wish. I really do wish that if it was Korra's time or in the Avatar after him, I have a fan fiction of where Korra, well, after the series, of course, goes to Wang Shitong's library again. And she confronts him for his nonsense and they fight and he goes dark spirit on her and then she beats him and then she um what is it spirit bends him with the water and releases him and in his place the spirit of professor zai himself uh comes to um comes to reality and he's still spirit but he's he is now the new head of the library and he, with his newfound power, brings the library back up into the desert. And in fact, by doing this, the library starts to sprout many like different plants. And the maybe like half the desert, at least a part part of the desert, becomes um, a little more plant. There's there's a lot more plants around. And has this like this is this is a little. This is a stupid setup, but like there's a barrier now where if anybody has ill intentions that goes inside, they come back out forgetting it all. 
so literally only like those who come into like gather knowledge and discuss it with others uh can do so but those who have ill intentions cannot go in there and bring back information for again ill intents that's just a headcanon thing of mine i just i really wish that were the case 